Welcome to the Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church in Lakeland, Florida. We are looking at Third Advent or the week of Third Advent. There are four weeks of Advent, Advent 1, 2, 3, and 4. And during the fourth Advent, we find ourselves in Christmas. And we'll do that, of course, next week. So today we're looking at Third Advent. And we will continue our study of Isaiah, and we will pick up Second Peter, Second Peter and Jude. Second Peter and Jude is our epistle, and our gospel readings are all over the map. For example, on Sunday it's John three, on Monday it's Luke twenty-two, Tuesday Luke twenty-two, then Wednesday Mark one, then Matthew three on Thursday. Matthew 11 on Friday, and Luke 3 on Saturday. So once you get to this spot, there's a little bit more mixture in terms of the readings. All right? So let's look at uh, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 8, which will be the Monday's reading, 8, 16 to 9, 1, 8, 16 to 9, 1. Now, what I'm going to do here is just point out that you should be reading Isaiah, be reading it through, look for the key points in Isaiah that pertain to your personal life. Uh, the You would have to do commentary work to really understand exactly what they're talking about. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult, I must admit. And if you had a study Bible, you might look at the notes below in the study Bible to... Um, ascertain what the meanings are because sometimes it's fairly easy and sometimes it's very difficult 816 through 91 is the first uh, scripture and the next week on Tuesday 91 through 7 now 91 through 7 is quite famous the people who have walked in darkness verse 2 have seen a great light those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them light has shown I love to quote that and of course that's the famous Christmas Eve text, okay? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The light, of course, is Christ. And then he says later on in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Power, Father, Prince of Peace. So those are titles that Jesus has given to us by Isaiah. Remember, Isaiah is about 700 B.C. So that's a long time before Jesus was born. On Wednesday, we have Isaiah chapter 9, 8 to 17, and he's talking about judgment. Now, what he's dealing with in the prophets is they're speaking the word of the Lord. And much of the time, it's how God is blessing them when they do what God says, and then, of course, cursing them when they do not do what God says. And so there's judgment on those who are arrogant and who oppress the people, who lead the people astray, who do not teach them the word of the Lord when there's no justice. So be reading that through. And then we go through chapter 10 on... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. For example, chapter 10, verse 1. Woe to those who decree 
in iniquitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people from their right. Their widows may be their spoil and they may make the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment and the ruin that will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain. For all his anger is not turned away and his hand is stretched out still. So, again, a lot of this information in Isaiah does not apply to us. It's a specific time and a specific context that God is dealing with the people of Israel and the surrounding countries. Every now and again, there will be a line in there where he, it will be personalized. It will be something that, um, that you can relate to on a day-to-day basis. So enjoy Isaiah, particularly chapter 9, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas. Now, the epistle readings in 2 Peter. Now, 2 Peter, of course, there's a 1 Peter and a 2 Peter. And, of course, we believe this is written by Peter, the great apostle of Jesus. Jesus, some call the greatest apostle. Usually in the listing of the apostles, Peter is first. And we are looking through um, chapters 1 and 2. Chapters 1 and 2 from Monday through Friday. Now, chapter 1 is extraordinarily good, um, beginning at the second verse. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. That is extraordinarily important and good news. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Couldn't ask for anything more. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that we need to live a holy, godly life, he has given us through his divine power. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his very his precious and very great promises. So we have his promises and we have, and they are great. They are wonderful. So that through them, you may become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Why is there corruption in the world? Sinful desire. For this reason, make every effort, this is verse 5 of chapter 1, to supplement your faith with virtue. So now what he wants you to do is he wants you to grow in the faith. So you're going to add to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So when you do those things, you, when, you, when you go through your life, you're adding these on to your life. They are the virtues in your life. Verse 8, I love verse 8. For in these, if these qualities are yours and are increasing... Not only do you want to have them, you want to, you want to have more of them. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Back to the knowledge again. So these virtues will help you to become a more godly person. Now, he says in verse 9, conversely, if you lack these qualities, you're nearsighted. 
You're blind. You've forgotten that you've been cleansed from your former sins. So, he says, therefore, as a result of all of this, verse 10, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You will be richly provided for, and you will have an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fantastic news. Okay? Now, as he continues through Second Peter, we look at the false prophets in chapter 2. We look at those people that have not represented the gospel well, and he's got some very, very, very strong things to say about them. Okay? You want to be very much aware of that. I love the focus that you'll have on chapter 1 in growing in Christ. And in chapter 1, verses 16 to 21, he talks about the importance of the Word of God. No prophecy of Scripture, verse 20, comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is telling us what he wants us to do and what he wants us to know. The prophecy is not from the will of man. It's from God Almighty as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So false prophets come among them and people come and they say wrong things. Do not follow them. Do not listen to them. Do not, do not, um, Listen, follow, obey, record, take seriously. And then he goes into all of the possibilities uh, that you see there in terms of uh, their heresy and their wrongdoing and their wrong thinking and their wrong action. So we have to be careful for false teachers and false prophets and people that do not share the truth. Why? Because there are people out there that do not share the truth. God has spoken about that very clearly in the Word of God. And when we hear untrue things, that does not help us in our relationship with Christ. That does not help us to grow, as it says in First chapter 1. So in order to do chapter 1, those wonderful litany of virtues that I spoke about, that I read for you to add, for me to add into my life, we need the truth. We need the right information. We need the truth of the Lord or from the Lord in order to act in that manner. Then finally, on Saturday, Jude 17 to 25. Now, Jude is the last book of, uh, of the New Testament with an epistle before, right before Revelation. It's not the last book of the New Testament. The last book of the New Testament is Revelation. But right before Revelation is Jude. Uh, in terms of this being an epistle. Of course, uh, John wrote Revelation. Jude 17 to 25. Now, what I love about 1725, it's got a couple of scriptures in there that are very good. Verse 20, you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in the faith. Remember, I said that when we were speaking about 2 Peter chapter 1. And that's a good scripture to go to in terms of knowing how to build yourself up. 
Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God. Isn't that a wonderful way to live? Keep yourself in the love of God. And finally, verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and author, authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. All right? The only God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and forever. So a beautiful doxology where he is praising the Lord and thanking the Lord. So, 2 Peter, chapters 1 and 2, Jude, of course, only had, is one chapter, so there's not a chapter uh, uh, signified. It's just the verses that are listed. Now, there are lots of great scriptures in the Gospels. I'll just quickly go through each of them, all seven of them. In John 3, 22 to 30, there's that fantastic scripture from John the Baptist and uh, the very great verse, uh, verse 30, he must increase and I must decrease. And um, the concern that people had about John the Baptist and who John the Baptist was, well, Jesus, of course, was much greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist was six months older and his cousin, but Jesus was far greater. In Luke 22, there's two days where we look at Luke 22, and we are dealing with the crucifixion, 39 to 53. In 39 to 53, you have Jesus praying on the Mount of Olives. You have the betrayal and the rest of Jesus, who, who betrayed him, Judas, as all of you know. We have Peter then deny Jesus. This is the same Peter in Second Peter that we just read about, who had this wonderful epistle, First Peter and Second Peter. But he denies Jesus, as I'm sure, again, all of you know. You, so you have the betrayer and the person that denied him, the person that turned him in and the person that said they didn't know who he was. As we continue through uh, chapter 22, uh, 54 to 69, on Tuesday, we have Jesus before the council, and he would not answer. He basically, he's mocked, and then in the 23rd chapter, of which we're not scheduled to read, we, of course, have the crucifixion of Jesus. So, um, in Third Advent, we're dealing again with Jesus's preparation for crucifixion. In on Wednesday, and in Mark chapter 1, 1 through 8, which actually was the scripture for um, year B, for Advent 2, year B, Advent 2, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he quotes Isaiah the prophet. Okay, there's Isaiah right there, prominent. Verse 2, right from the back. And, of course, this scripture is about the kingdom of God, it's about John the Baptist preparing us for the coming of Jesus Christ. And as we get closer and closer to Christmas, we want to hear those words. Then in Matthew, the next day, Matthew chapter 3, we have another representation of John the Baptist. And so one is from Mark, one is from Matthew. And Matthew uh, shares with us the work that John the Baptist was doing at 30 years old, 
Um, Jesus begins his ministry about 30 years old, but before he does, John the Baptist goes before him to prepare the way, which is what Isaiah 40 is all about. And so John the Baptist prepares the way of repentance so that people can hear the word of the Lord. In Matthew 11, Matthew 11, on Friday, 2 to 15, we have that fabulous scripture about John the Baptist and what Jesus says in verse 11. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And so, Jesus has a reference to John the Baptist in chapter 11 and the importance of John the Baptist in chapter 11. And of course, I love the beginning of 11 where the disciples uh, of John go and ask the disciples of Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? And Jesus' answer is so fabulous. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, 11.5. The lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. A beautiful line from John the Baptist. A beautiful line from John the Baptist and about John the Baptist. So Jesus didn't say, well, yes, I'm the person. He told John's disciples, here's what I'm doing, and what I'm doing is fitting for the Messiah, is what the Messiah does. I'm healing people. I am raising people up. The dead are raised up. The blind are receiving the sight. Lame people are now walking. The lepers are cleansed. The poor have the good news preached. Blessed is the person who is not offended by me. Beautifully said. And then finally, in Luke chapter 3, we have Luke's presentation of John the Baptist. So what we see in Advent 3 is, in the Gospels, is John the Baptist. We see it in John chapter 3. We see it in Mark 1, Matthew 3, Matthew 11, and Luke 3. John the Baptist, John the Baptist, John the Baptist. So he's got a, he's got a good role in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And um, Luke, uh, Luke gives us a different uh, rendition. And again, they're quoting from Isaiah chapter 40, much like Mark did. And, of course, on Monday and Tuesday, we have the preparation of Jesus' death with him being turned in by Judas, denied by Peter, mocked, beaten. And then in chapter 23 of Luke, he goes into, um, he goes into his preparation for crucifixion and ultimately death. So there ends Advent 3, 2 Peter and Jude, uh, several scriptures of the Gospels about John the Baptist, and we have some messianic uh, words in Isaiah, among other readings in Isaiah. So I bless, I, I pray that God would bless you abundantly as you work through um, Advent 3, the third week of Advent. We will celebrate the third Sunday of Advent, and then we'll have the readings for the week as I've outlined. And I hope you have a wonderful week as you prepare for the coming of the Lord. Lord God, bless your people and prepare them to hear the word of the Lord this Advent season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you next week for Fourth Advent. God bless you.